Hey you! Welcome to the Muzzles Mascara Motherhood Podcast. A podcast for the woman who recognizes that fitness is way more than a dress size or a number on the scale. Who refuses to diminish her uniqueness to fit in and who recognizes that motherhood is her superpower, not the death knell to her body or life goals. I'm your host, I'm Lola Bodeogudipwe, a fitness communicator, coach, wife and mom of two. On every episode of this podcast, you're going to be informed, inspired and invigorated to take action as we talk about topics ranging from nutrition, mindset, exercise, motherhood and the ever-changing definitions of beauty. If your goal is to be the healthiest, fittest version of you, who is confident and comfortable in her skin and empowered in all her roles, especially motherhood, you're in the perfect place. Let's do this. In the headlines today, we're talking about the Barbie vagina surgery, the husband stitch, sologamy, losing 100 pounds in 40 days, Kim Kardashian, and you know, it's just going to be awesome because this is the first edition of In the News in the headlines. And like I said on Wednesday, right, it's going to be about just piece and bits of what we talk about here on Muscles Mascara Motherhood in the headlines. And I'm just going to give you the gist, share a bit of my opinion, and I would love to hear back from you. All right? Woo, it's Friday. Yay. I can't tell you how excited I am that the weekend is here because it has been a week. But let's quickly get into it, right? So, the first thing we are talking about, the first thing we are talking about is the baby vagina surgery. So, if you're quite sensitive, you know, and um, quite, um, I don't want to say prudish, <laughs> you, might not want, you might want to switch this off because I am going to be saying vagina a lot, all right? All right, so what's the baby vagina surgery? The thing that may even made this catch my eye is apparently is something that has been marketed a lot on, especially TikTok, to who guess who? Teenagers. Now, what is the baby vagina surgery? It is basically labiaplasty. Labia, if you look down at your VJ, right? The outer parts. People always call that the vagina, but that's not the vagina. The vagina is inside, right? The labia. The vulva, the labia is the, the two folds that covers that part anyway. And so that's called labiaplasticity, right? Or labiaplasty, whatever. <laughs> it involves trimming back the inner lip or labia, menorah, flanking the vagina opening. Now, why is there a surgery for this? And why is it being marketed to teenagers? That's the exact same question I asked you, right? Apparently, in 2015, as far back as that, right, more than 95,000 women worldwide have undergone this surgery. Now, this surgery is not something that is um, a medical procedure for maybe, you know, <laughs> something that is um, medically wrong, basically. How it started was somehow it started being marketed to people that, there is something, there is one way that the labia should look. We'll just say the vagina because that's what it's called generally, right? There is one way the vagina should look. And if yours doesn't look a certain way, then there's a way to correct it. Like you want the baby vagina. Basically, everything is the same length down there. Now, this is crazy and insane because a particular study also in 2005 showed that labia length can vary from 2 to 10 centimeters different people two to, so that's like saying that people can be as tall as 4 feet to 6 feet no not even 6 feet from 4 feet to 7 feet above that kind of variance right and that the width can vary from 0.7 to 5 centimeter so if 
as we are all different, as we all look different in this world, we have different skin colors. We have, you know, different heights, eyes, eyes. We are different down there. We will definitely be different too. So why is there a surgery and why, how did somebody come up with one thing to say that, oh, this is how everybody should look. This is how everybody's vagina should look. And if it doesn't look like that, then there's a problem. And now there's a surgery for it. If you remember when we spoke about cellulite, how a problem that did not exist was invented for marketing and financial, financial purpose. This is another one. And now it is being marketed to teenagers teenagers like just think about it if you have a teenager around you just think about it that she has not yet started her life she's being concerned about how a vagina looks like it's so crazy evil surgeons are puzzled and worried and plastic surgeons are talking against it that it is not compulsory because guess what so many things can go wrong especially when you tamper with down there if you've ever experienced childbirth you know that <laughs> Things can easily go wrong, right? Especially if, you know, there's a lot of stitching involved and this and that. So why go fix something that is not broken? It's absolutely insane to me. Guess another thing that has influenced this? Porn. Pornography, yes. Because, you know, everything in porn is not real. It is supposed to um, make people want to attain an ideal, a standard. It's fantasy. And so when you have those porn stars, they've gone through the surgery and everything in quote looks nice and trimmed and, you know, perfect and everything. Then, then people start comparing to that. So another thing that has been attributed to the growth of that is porn. So it, in fact, I, when, I, when I came across this, I was like, what? Like, seriously, what? Like, you don't have enough issues in your body that are naturally you know, um, not going down, but changing that you want to, um, mitigate with like exercise and healthy living and all, then something that is completely natural that has no issue at all. Then you want to go use your money to spend time. I just found it really interesting. So that's our first piece of piece of news, the baby vagina surgery. So when you come across that, you know exactly what it is. And also this helps us to understand the need to talk to our daughters, to talk to our children. It's, emphasizes for me the need for us to understand what is natural to understand how our body works to understand what is and what is supposed to be and what is not supposed to be the changes that can happen and all so that we can speak to them about it and help them to be confident in their bodies because you know at these ages they are talking amongst their friends now there's social media and all that is influencing them and all so please let's be guided and aware Moving on to our second piece of news, sologamy. <laughs> sologamy. So, you know, we have monogamy, we have polygamy. This one is sologamy. What's a sologamy? Basically, marrying yourself. Yes. Getting married to yourself. Sologamy. So, in fact, when I came across this, I was like, this sounds kind of familiar. And then I remember that, aha, uh -huh, if you're familiar with basketball, years and years and years ago, Dennis Rodman got married to himself. So, that is sologamy, right? It is also known as autogamy and it is marriage of a person to him or herself. How did this start? How did this come about? Well, the first time it was popularized was in 1993 when somebody called um, Linda Baker, dental hygienist. How these, these things, they always come from America. Anyway, dental hygienist, right? Got married to herself. Now, the proponents and believers in this are like, oh, it's a form of self-love. It's the highest form of self-love. You're expressing love to yourself and all, right? 
But I now start to wonder what makes me, what gave me pause when I came across this was like, huh? All right. So if I want to express self-love to myself and it fed into something that, so for me, society is always pushing, which is that marriage is the ultimate thing for women. Hear me out because, or even men, some men do it. Like I mentioned Dennis Rodman, but more often than not, you find out that it is women who do the sologamy, um, autogamy, um, autogamy thing, right? And I'm like, if I love myself, if I'm on a journey to self-discovery, if I am, um, you know, maybe working in quotes, you know, we throw the word around trauma now, but let's just use it here in quotes. If I'm working through my trauma, my past, my whatever, and I am healing and all right, why do I have to express it in marriage to myself? Because for me, I'm still wondering that, is it feeding into, it's a question, not a judgment, right? I'm wondering that, are we still feeding, even in the process of self-love and self-discovery and everything, feeding into the narration that marriage is the ultimate ideal for women? I'm not, I'm married. You know I'm married. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Happily, happily married, right? And I'm not against marriage. I'm not against um, wishing for marriage and all that. But the problem I always have with how society positions it, especially in this part of the world where I'm from, is almost as if every other thing you achieve is not as important if you do not get married, if you are not hitched to someone. Anyway, so back to sologamy, right? So how does it work? You stand in front of the mirror. Somebody just says, no, me, Jesus. the person stands in front of the mirror if you're not nigerian sorry you understand that joke but anyway the person stands in front of the mirror and reads out his or her vows to herself and you know that's where they come and say that oh is the fall um it's a symbolic expression of self-love blah 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 and all right so there are people on different divide different um psychiatric and health psychiatrists and health professionals some say it's a healthy form of narcissism and others say it's unhealthy form of self-focus and whatever what do you think what do you think send me an email instagram dm whatever let's talk about it but i just thought it was interesting that people actually go out of their way spend money some have bridesmaids <laughs> some have bridesmaids some um spend a whole lot on ceremony and all that they go on honeymoon i mean it's just things that we do normally you go solo travel you have a birthday party whatever for, but for me it's just you know curious that we're talking about it in terms of marriage and all like so anyway sologami there it is second piece of news and we're moving on to the third one which made me shake my head when I read about it, when I came across it, sorry, I have a bit of cold. So if you hear me of a cold, if you hear me sniffing a bit, but anyway, we are talking about losing hundred pounds in 40 days. True story, losing hundred pounds. So hundred pounds is about 50 kilograms, give or take, right? In 40 days. Now, before you jump and go and take your pen and paper and start taking notes, I put a big, huge disclaimer that this is a terrible bad idea and 99.999% of the people listening to this can't even do it so but i had to put the disclaimer <laughs> all right so there is this um footballer russell okoy i i, I don't remember the, the uh, pronunciation of his surname so i'm just going to refer to him as russell right and he's a retired american footballer now in this part of the world we think of football our football is what is generally called soccer yeah 
So the American football, you know the difference. The one where they all padded up is usually big guys and they go about hitting themselves all over the field because I do not understand the game. Anyway, he lost 100 pounds in 40 days. Now, if you know anything about the physique of the American footballers, they're usually big. They're usually big, right? Just a few of them are smaller. A lot of them are big. They have size, whether that is in terms of fat or muscle. Usually, it's a combination of both because the sport is very physical and it requires that um, amount of bulk, you know, to defend, to push people. Also, they're usually quite agile because you have to run up and down the field and all. Now, what happens is things usually go two ways when these people retire. Some of them tend to lose a lot of the weight or some of them then tend to get really unhealthy because while playing the sport, usually they have to eat a lot to, um, you know, keep up the bulk. They don't really worry about it because they have a lot of activity going on and all. But by the time retirement comes and you don't even have anything close to that kind of activity, then things can go left or right, right? So for him, he came out, people saw he had lost so much weight and they were like, what did you do? What did you do? And so he came out and said he lost 100 pounds with water fasting now this is why i gave my disclaimer if you know me or anything about me i have practiced fasting for at this point 10 years i've practiced fasting intermittent fasting that's a topic for another day i have a book on it um and all right i've helped thousands of people start intermittent fasting right but water fasting that is not having anything except water for 40 days how won't he lose weight now, when we are talking about the weight he lost here, because if you happen to see a before and after picture of him, in his after picture, he is so shrunken down that you hardly believe it's the same person. Immediately I saw this picture, I was like, yeah, this guy lost tons of muscle. He lost tons because when you lose weight in that manner, in a fast, aggravated manner, you, <laughs> you lose muscle. You lose a whole lot of muscle, right? And so he lost this weight. And everybody's asking him, what did you do? As people tend to do on social media, when they see somebody has achieved, they go, what did you do? What did you do? Because they believe that, huh? There's some kind of magic in what that person did. Anyway, so he did this and he said that, oh, yes. And now he comes, it's like, oh, it's such a spiritual, it was such a spiritual experience, blah, 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 that this time he did it for weight loss. But next time, excuse me. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> now, I couldn't hold it in right that next time imagine he says he's going to do it again next time for spiritual purposes yada 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 now when you lose weight in such a manner the first thing that happens is excuse me oh my gosh my village people who have i offended that is making me sneeze <laughs> i've said something against someone that yeah anyway we will continue. I will download this gist too. Village people, you cannot do nothing. Anyway, back to Russell, right? So, when somebody loses weight like this, they lose a lot of muscle. Automatically, metabolism becomes downregulated, right? Um, there's you become healthier when you lose any sort of weight. So, I'm not even saying that oh, it's all negative, but it's more negative than positive, because now how is it? When you start eating, the weight is going to come back up energy levels so many things and the implication of losing so much muscle mass oh my gosh we can't even begin to talk about it but what i really want to emphasize here for somebody who would have read that because guess what this guy now has a website he now put up a website fasting something something immediately i was like huh here we go because again 
people do thing once, do one thing once, and then think, hey, people do one thing once, how about, and then think that they are not qualified to teach people how to do it. Meanwhile, when he was doing this fast, I am positive. I didn't read that anywhere, but considering the status of the person who did it and all, I'm positive he had medical supervision. I'm positive he was on supplements of some sort and, you know, was just being well looked after. But somebody's going to read this now and say, huh, this guy did it. I want to do it. And I cannot begin to tell you, we don't have enough time right now to delve into it. If you want us to do a whole podcast on fasting and all that, just hit me up and we'll do it. But it was just a fascinating piece of news for me to see that, okay, this is even a guy, not us women who are always worried about weight loss, blah, blah, blah. He did this drastic weight loss thing. And I'm interested to watch and watch because I'm positive. It's almost going to go the same way as the biggest loser people over time as we go, because if you don't have the habits and the behaviors, supporting habits and behaviors, I'm sorry. It was like, yeah, just a temporary thing and all right all right so let's move on to our fourth piece of news we're back to the vagina remember again i said if you have sensitive ears move on this one is called the husband's snitch and stitch and it's so just annoyed and vexed me so much when i read about it right because the husband's stitch so basically what this is is when a woman has a vaginal birth delivery you know we can give birth two ways via the vagina or through this um cesarean operation right and so the husband stitch the fact that this exists to me is wild this is highly illegal but apparently it's done so much even some women don't know that they got it what is and i am positive that it is a man that came up with this i didn't see this when i was reading up about it but i am positive it is a man it is only a man that can come up with this thing the husband stitch is basically when a woman gives birth to a baby through her vagina and then the doctor tightens her up solely for the purpose that her husband can continue to feel that she's tight there when they're having sex after she has had a child this is not a stitching as a result of oh this person tore when she was giving birth i know i had a tear when i had my first um baby right this is not that stitching right This one is so that, oh, she'll be tight down there for her husband. It's done without a lot of women's knowledge. And it is highly illegal. And it is, at the end of the day, a plastic surgery procedure that gynecologists are not equipped to do. They are not trained to do. And so what happens at the end of the day is for a lot of people, there's discomfort and pain during sex. There's general pain and discomfort, the swelling, possibility of infection, longer recovery after birth, and so many things. Why does this exist? Like, why does this exist at all? Why? I don't, it's another way, you know, people look at women as just solely existing for men's pleasure. For goodness sake, a woman has just gone through one of the most, the most life-altering possibly dangerous experiences of her life and all the doctor is thinking about is stitching her up for her husband's pleasure like it doesn't make sense to me how does this exist how did it even come about how did how did it even become popular like it's crazy and apparently it's done some people ask for it that's insane like and again as we refer to when we're talking about the baby vagina surgery it's uh, 
the vagina has so many nerve endings that is why it's a place of pleasure because it has so many nerve endings and so many things that are so delicate down there that you just don't want to mess with it then why would you just go willy-nilly and just be putting thread inside as if it it's it's a sweater that you're knitting just because for one husband's pleasure it's insane to me it's absolutely it's a different case if later Maybe somebody feels they are too wide down there or something. And then you go see a plastic surgeon and you're making an informed decision. And then it is your decision. Not a doctor just taking it upon themselves or at the husband's request or something. To give one a surgery that one that... It, it just... It's madness. It mad, it's madness to me. Absolutely insane. Husband stitch. Even the name, Seth, is so vexing. Like, yeah. That's crazy. Anyway, let's move on to our last piece of gist. And this one, about Kim Kardashian. Yeah, we're talking about Kim Kardashian today. So recently, she was on the um, James Shetty. Jay Shetty, yes, that's his name, podcast. And she, there was a clip that went viral about her talking about motherhood. And how it's so stressful and hard and scary. And how at times she cries herself to sleep at night because, you know... Kids can be so moody. They have their own different characters and blah, blah, blah. And people came for her. People finished her. People. I read some comments. They were like, oh, with all your gazillion um, millions of dollars and your nannies and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. Moderate some, 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 something. But I'm sorry. Why? Because she is right. Mothering is hard. Look, I don't care how many nannies you have. I don't care how many, you know, how much help you have. I don't care how much money you have. If your goal is to do parenting the right way, it is hard. Nobody can take the emotional part of it from you. Nobody can take the fears. Nobody can take, you know, the, especially single parenting. Because as much as you look at it, I don't, again, I don't care how much money she has. She is a single parent. When people think about parenting, they're thinking about, oh, working to pay the bills, oh, um, putting food on the table, um, cleaning the house, blah, 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 blah. Is that parenting? Let's be, let's be factual. Is that the parenting aspect? It matters, but that is not the mothering aspect. She is talking about the mothering aspect, and I absolutely stand with her that it is hard, regardless of how much money you have or not. You have fears about the children. The children are changing. Their moods are changing, especially as they're growing up. Their temperaments are different. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to manage dynamics. You're trying to teach them how to be good children while not passing on your own trauma and pass from your own upbringing to them. You are doing so much. Which nanny can do that? Which cook, which driver can do that? Which money, TV program, anything can do that? And to me, it was very unfair because it sounds to me like she is honestly and really trying to be a good mother. And of course, society will come for you. People, look, Kim Kardashian, <laughs> I have things I raise up, raise my eyes up about her. And when it comes to exercise and body and blah, 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 blah. But let's be fair and think about just what she said. And it is the truth. So I think it's very unfair. The way people came for her and were discrediting her feelings and her emotions. And that is something I see women, especially moms do, Right. Um, this kind of um, one is better, one is not good enough, one is this, one is that. When we are all just trying to figure out this parenting and mothering thing, and ideally we should just be helping one another, right? <sighs> I 
don't know. I, I didn't think there'll be a day I'll be starting defending Kim Kardashian. About something, I mean, the time she said something about, oh, working hard and you need to get up to do it. No excuses. That when I rolled my eyes, I was like, please come back, <laughs> you know, when there's a struggle to be talked about. So I guess, yeah, she has come back now when there's a struggle to be talked about because I stand with her 100%. I'll just like us to be more empathetic generally, regardless of how much the person has, who the person is, whatever. Parenting is hard. Mothering is hard. It is the most beautiful, wonderful thing in the world, but it is at the same time scary. And no amount of nannies, help, money is ever going to take that away. You stay at night worrying about your kids, wondering about what they're going to become in future, doing your best and all that. Money does not change that. And now we come to the end of our first in the news, in the headlines. I hope you enjoyed it. I trust you enjoyed it. If you come across any awesome piece of news that you want me to gist about, just send me a DM send me um an email um, if you have any questions any topics you also want me to talk about send it to me enjoy your weekend make sure you take out some time to plan for the coming week and i'll see you in a bit or rather i'll speak to you in a bit <laughs>